to Video Game and Beyond. I'm Michael Brevard Decker, a.k.a. Captain BD, and with me is Mark, a.k.a. Marco Polo, a.k.a. Palpatine, a.k.a. Lord... Everything uh, <laughs> yeah, I get, that's a, that, that one's such a long one. You have to do that one. Mystical Lord Dominus. It was uh, Mystical Lord Dominus Rubius. Yeah, that was okay. my character on uh, Final Fantasy, so. <laughs> Still is. Um, guys, welcome back. We will be discussing The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 3, or also known as Episode 11. Um, the really Aaron. cool shit happens this episode that... Yeah, the there, the heiress, the heiress. <laughs> what was it? I don't know, something like that. Heiress. Yeah. But um, exciting shit that we were all speculating on for a long time um, in the off season, and shit happened. But first, let's discuss what we've been playing um, this week. After all, this is two video game and beyond. So let's start with some video games and then go beyond. Uh, Mark, what have you been playing this week? Um, so I've been trying to catch up on my ghosts still, uh, trying to, uh, level up some multiplayer there. Are um, you doing like multiplayer co-op or a horde? Are you doing story mode? No, I'm doing multiplayer co-op. Yeah. Okay. And then story mode. Um, I haven't patented it yet. I guess I got lazy, so I could go ahead and do that because it's just easy to collect the rest of the other trophies that are just laying around. Um, so my goal was to do that. I'm still playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order on Steam. And uh, I know that's pretty much all I've been doing. It's been a busy week at work, so I haven't had time to really sit down and do much of anything other than my simulators running in the background while they go build their own cities and blah, 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 while I, you know, sleep. <laughs> so it seems like all I've been doing. And it's just going to get worse and worse as this Christmas season, oh, God, kill me, goes on. But... You know, it, it's been a chill, like, go back to basics, old thing, too. I tried Skyrim on um, Steam as well, just to see what difference the mods are from the PS4 version. Uh, it, it, it is no different. <laughs> so are so. you going to do, do, do that craft room? Uh, where? Uh, you said Skyrim, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so. I just started. Okay, so there's a mod, and I'll have to look up the. I think it's just called Cheat Room. I think it's just honestly called Cheat Room mod. And there okay. is a small door by like the mill, and um, I forget the name of that first little town that you go to, where you got like your little Viking buddy, and you stay at his house, and you know, okay. that that little town, Rifton. I think it's Rifton. I think. Or river, riverfront, or something like that. River something. But when you do that cheat um, cheat room, there's a small little door on the ground, like a basement door. Um, mm-hmm. And it's right by that mill, the big, great big wood mill, right behind where that um, freaking blacksmith is in that town. And you go down that room, and then there's chests everywhere, and those chests have every material that you need in the game, um, everything, all crafting material, all food, all everything, everything, everything. There's one that's full of money. Um, in the back, there's a pillar that has all the shouts and you can just hit that and then you automatically get all the shouts. Um, 
there's a crafting table in there for everything for your spells for building supplies for like houses stuff for armors there's a forge in there there's sharpening wheels for your your shit there's freaking it's everything that you want in this game possible is in this cheap room okay that uh, sounds like something i'm just gonna have to go ahead and download make it easier yeah it's it's not, just the what it's <laughs> it's the one cheat to rule them all yeah <laughs> sounds good what you been up to man so um i don't know if you heard about this but ps5 got dropped last week um and i've been doing i've, I've been doing that i've been so, enjoying it oh too much way too much so i played ghost today too so ghost is um a backwards compatible ps4 game for ps5 and there isn't uh like an upgraded gen version and i don't know if there is is one even in the works right now but um it is like upscaled for ps5 so it is 4k and 60 fps so i wanted to start it today just to see what it looked like and it starts you over completely so i had to completely oh. start over the game um and that was i did platinum that for ps4 so yeah. i'm starting over <laughs> like when the when the mongolians are invading the freaking <laughs> Tsushima, you know, and I'm that whole thirty minute yeah. prologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm on that <laughs> part, but it it does look better. It looks crazy. It looks real crazy. But I've been playing. Ugh. It's I I I complain too much about video games. I've got it too good. <laughs> so I complain when after I've beaten like a really big game and like there's nothing new on the horizon i complain that there's nothing to play and i'm stuck in a rut well right now it's like i'm stuck in a rut because there's too much to play and yeah i get to, <laughs> I, I get to playing um freaking assassin's creed valhalla i get to i've I probably got like 20 maybe 30 hours into that already and um and it looks it's amazing but the gameplay is great yeah so you have it for what ps5 yeah yeah see i'm trying to figure out what platform if i'm gonna upgrade do i want to buy it for ps4 does it upgrade to ps5 uh yes i get it for ps4 okay i believe it does because then i can just get it it now for steam so i'm just debating if i want to go to the pc route or do i want to go full console okay so have you played the um like the newer, the modern Assassin's Creed games, like uh, Origins and Odyssey. Yeah, so I have to say I wasn't a big fan of Assassin's okay. Creed. For those fans, I'm sorry. You know, um, well, I do like open world RPGs. I just felt yeah. it was a little stiff for whatever it was. Even though like it was a newer game, like um, with Odyssey, it's the character still felt stiff and wooden to me. Mm-hmm. So. I didn't get into it as much. And then you have like level two quests mixed in with like a level 20 boss who comes around and yes. like knocks you out. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? But, <laughs> so I really wasn't much of a fan per se, but this game looks really intriguing to me, especially after God of War went the whole Nordic route. So now that we're going all Viking and stuff, I kind of want, I'm interested in seeing like, not Nordic, um, Irish. Yeah, no, Nordic. That's Nordic, Nordic, yeah. Yeah, Norse, yeah. Nordic. So, you know, we, we, went, we went that Norse route. So now, you know, with Assassin's Creed doing it too, 
it's kind of interesting to see that time that that time period and seeing reading from what it was it seems a little different so if it's any different i might get into it and finally become a fan you know so Uh, so that's the thing for me origins had the best storyline i just i really enjoyed that one um odyssey had a really good storyline too and i thought the characters were pretty good but like like what you were talking about how you would do like level five missions but you'd have like level 20 um adversaries you know like yeah halfway through odyssey it really made you grind it made you go do every single side mission that was on the map and then you had to progress to the next map that would be a higher level up and you had to do every single side mission and it just got so old like you get you get fatigued so quickly because you don't want to grind in those games you know what i mean you want it to be open world and play as you want and so that one sucked and this game it's like what you're talking about was stiff right so with assassin creed games i think they try to do like what um you get out of a souls game or even like a half uh-huh. step with that that you'll get out of like jedi fallen order like with combat you know and they try to do the same thing in this game, but they, they put like way less into it. Like it's like the poor man's version of like a Jedi <laughs> Fallen Order combat system. Okay. You know? And it's still kind of the same way with this, but I don't know. I like, it looks, it looks phenomenal. Um, I think that's really what's keeping me into it. The breakaway game that I've been playing um, and I'm going to platinum is Astro's Playroom. <laughs> okay. And I've heard like this is breaking some people's PS5, but neither <laughs> here nor there. Those demo. are the rumors. The rumors. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's <laughs> great on mine. It's it's the tech demo that comes with the console, and it's like a 3D platformer. It's like it's like old school like 3D Mario's, like Mario 64, or like really I would say more like Mario Galaxy or even Mario Odyssey. You know, it plays like that but with like tons of built-in PlayStation throughout the years, nostalgia. Okay. A lot of fun. It's way more fun than it should be. (laughs) Okay. Aubrey and I are playing Bug Snacks. um, And that's just a really weird game. Super weird. But we like it. Bug Snacks? Bug. Biz, biz. Bug Snacks. Okay. Okay. Bug Snacks. (laughs) I'm like, bug snacks, all right. Nobody else takes that. <laughs> so it's, I guess it's kind of like uh, like a Pokemon Stadium or something like that, or what's the ones where they take pictures? Um, uh, the Pokemon, what was it, Zoom or I don't Photo, know, one of whatever those. it was. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that. Like, you take pictures, you have to scan the bugs, um, see, like, their weaknesses, what they like, and how to get them to come out, and then you take pictures of them. But and that's how you then you capture them. But what you do is you feed them to people in the villages, and then those people take on like aspects of those bugs. And what the bugs are, they're snacks. So like for instance, there's one called a frider, and it is a spider with French fry legs, and it's called a frider. Okay, so you feed the frider to a villager, and then the villager gets like fry legs, French fry legs, or like French fry arms. It's it's pretty weird. Okay. Pretty messed up game. Pretty messed up game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to check that out. What platform is that on? PS5. PS5. It was the oh, game well. of the month. The PS5. I guess when I get so. where I get my PS5, I, I will let you know. <laughs> I don't know if that's on PS4 or not. You have to look at your PS Plus games. 
Um, but that's oh, what I've been playing. Okay. I've been playing those games. I'm getting oh, and Destiny. I've been playing a ton of Destiny. Any different on the um, PS5? Yeah, that but you've it's noticed. Still, or? It's still the PS. Uh, yeah, I think the frames are a little bit better. Okay. Um, it's brighter for some reason. I think I I, I fucked up and I put my HDR on too bright. Oh, okay. I don't like a super bright HDR. Yeah, it's always just a little change in the yeah, a little tweak setting. Yeah, you'd be right. Um, I'm going to get Miles Morales this weekend, I think, and I'm going to go ahead and start that rap, go down that rabbit hole with my nephew this weekend. I'm not so going to get Cold War. Yeah, probably. I'll probably have him do it. He's 12, man. Yeah, he don't mess cool. around. He don't play. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm not going to get Cold War, man, because it's 200 gigs, and I just don't have that much space to be given away for a first-person shooter like that. I don't have it. Um, yeah, I've been seeing the commercials for it. I, it, I mean, I have my share of Call of Duties, but I just mm-hmm. I can't keep up. <laughs> I can't keep up, but that commercial with Reagan just looks very, very scary. It's just it like, does. wow, I can see every wrinkle. I'm good. I don't need to see Reagan. It's like a <laughs> shitty. Good. It's like a shitty name. I don't like the name. Call of Duty. What are they Black Ops. Now? Cold War. Black Ops. Yeah. Cold the War. Black Ops Cold War. Well, I mean, I guess because it was during the Cold War since they showed him, but yeah, yeah I don't. <laughs> I I, I want to play it. I I think I'll like it. I I love the '80s, and it's I think most of it's based in 1980s, and I love like 1980s aesthetics and games. Yeah, he was president then, so it had to be totally 80s. <laughs> yeah. So that's it, man. That's what I've been playing. And I guess we'll just go ahead and segue into why we're here for this episode. Yeah. I also watched a little ditty <laughs> called Episode 11 of The Mandalorian. Yeah. And I liked it. So do you want to jump into that or, yeah? Um, Start off off in a rankety-ass. First off, how did you feel about the whole thing? It was short. It was a short episode, right? Um, What's your name? Bryce Howard? Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, I have to say. Fucking amazing. I have to say. And if you guys don't know who she is. You know? Well, I mean... Let's let's see where she goes and she keeps going with it. You know, it kind of redeemed from the other episode, even though I loved all of them. You know, yeah, but it really us. she really she really tell did her thing here. And yeah, if you guys don't know her, I mean, obviously, if you watch Jurassic World, she was the lead character in that. Um, I liked her in Black Mirror, uh, the episode great, where. Um, the truth that might as well be called like two years from now. That's what that episode is uh, called. It's China right now where they have that system. And for you yeah. don't know, for you guys that don't know what episode I'm referencing, I believe it was in season two. She played a character named Lacey that um, was on social media, and everybody on this planet is on social media. And it's all everything that you interact with, the how you get far in this world, is based off of your social likeness. So if people didn't like you and they voted you down, you were fucked. <laughs> you couldn't get loans on houses. You couldn't get good jobs. You couldn't nothing. No, you couldn't travel. Nothing. So, I mean, yeah, she's quirky in her own way, but 
the way she took this episode on for the short time that you alluded to was pretty packed. Yeah. So, um, so what, what I think I, I got to interrupt you, What I think what I love about this episode and why I think she did a great job is because you take a viewer and somebody in the, in the fandom like you who has watched the animated series, you know, and you're probably just getting overstimulated and like, boom, 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 boom with all this stuff. And then you take a person like me who hasn't watched Clone Wars or Rebels, and I still know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, I still do understand that character, where she's from, why she's entitled to this, why their chemistry is like this and that between the two different Mandalorians. You know what I mean? And like, I like that she's, that's her that did that. She directed it like that. She gave you all of your fanfare, you know, and she also let me in on what the fuck's going on. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about both the tag phrase and, mm-hmm. Um, before we even get to her, I was just over the top for the Moncalas and the Quarren. Um, to bring those characters to life again. Yeah. I mean, they're always presented in a dark way. And even on the Clone Wars series, when they had a civil war with the Moncala, it was kind of like, you poor guys, you know, you guys live together for so long working together. And yeah, the Mon Tala kind of ruled over you. Um, I can't say whether or not they were treated like second-class citizens per se, but the way that episode made it seem like is that they always had a symbiotic relationship. So it's funny how every time we see the Quarren depicted in these types of situations, they're always up to some seedy, seedy nonsense. Um, but, it, it, you know, to get to that point, uh, we it have to go from bad. the beginning. You know? Yeah. So let's go from the beginning. So now we okay. made it to Trask, the ocean moon uh, that's orbiting whatever planet. I, I really don't know. Um, Razor Crest is sucked from the spiders. Uh, Frog Lady is sleeping. And this time, holding on to the egg canister. Like, we're thinking snacks all the way through. This is the episode where the snacks smacked back, I have to say, in a sense. Um, again, later on, we see baby, uh, Yobi in a situation. But, um, so we're about to land on this planet, I mean, this moon, sorry, uh, Trask. And we're going in hot. Uh, the ship's falling apart as we're going into the atmosphere. And we're about to land on this ocean moon. And we get Let's to see the Moncala there. Looking up stop and just like, yeah. So, yep. um, Din is, we always see him as a fighter, you know what I mean? Hand to hand combat. Um, sometimes he's not as good, great as he is other times with that, but he's a great shot, right? He's always got an awesome shot with his, with his weapons and his guns. And a few times that we've seen him in like dog fights and really just kind of running away, we've seen what a good pilot he is. But right now we get to see like what a really good pilot he is because he says he only has enough gas just to hit the brakes. So that's it. Like that's a it's there they are dead falling weight right now, and he only has enough fuel just to hit the brakes to land, and that's it. That's all he's got. I mean, we see his promise in um how great of a pilot he was from the last episode when he fell out of the sky with the X wings. Reverse mm-hmm. that shit, skid across the ice and into that little cave before it fell down. So, 
you know, yeah, I mean, everything that he touches, Lord knows if he's force sensitive, you know, um, the way the way the last movies have told that everybody's freaking force sensitive at that point. All right. I digress. <laughs> I digress. So now we got the Razor Crest falling apart, landing on this moon, and he's got that bullseye on that target, and that Moncala looks up like, I have to watch this happen, which made me crack out loud, like crack up out loud, because it's just like, oh, yeah, here we go. And, he's not um, make it. <laughs> yeah, not going to make it. Totally hits the brakes right at the last minute and makes it for two seconds. Then the engine explodes and into the ocean. And what was great about that, it's just, you know, the, co- the, the small little nuggets of comic relief that they put in mm-hmm. to break the tension is just incredible. And it's just That's like, awesome. yeah. I mean, I've been in some crazy shit living in New York City, so stuff like that, whatever wrong will happen, will happen. And in a sense, it happened. You know, <laughs> so... I thought it was hilarious. Well, I, liked, I liked the citizens on the harbor that were just watching, like, look at these assholes. Oh, I would have been there watching, too. Like, popcorn ready. Let's, let, let, let's do it. Like, take a bet right now. <laughs> will they make it or not make it? Um, and for all this shit that they're going through still... That frog lady's eggs, <laughs> you know, make it. Can't go, can't go to war for whatever they call it, light speed. But um, you make it fall around every. Oh yeah, eight bumpy. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but anyway, plot hole. So uh, <laughs> we flip over at an ATAT with a crane built on top of it. Comes out of nowhere and pulls it out of the ocean, and that is a good. A way of trying to match up or you utilize the ACAT in a sense. Um, you always see them like these big hulking targets, you know, like, and as all scary as they seem, all you have to do is just put wire around their legs and they fall. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, re- yeah. So, you know, to see it actually being reused in a different way, you know, was kind of like, that makes sense. You know, the Empire fell. We have these things laying around. Let's reuse them and turn them into cranes. And it was just a beautiful shot altogether. You know, the way that you see the other one in the background, this one in the foreground. So they set it up really nice. Uh, we make it to port. So Mando meets the Moncala and he asks them to uh, repair the ship. And the Moncala never promised to repair the ship. He only promised to make it fly. That's what he said. Have, said. I can make yeah. it fly. <laughs> I can make it fly. And that you just had to hold on to because that was big foreshadowing as it just was, is what it is. Um, so Frog Lady comes out, calling out, and Frogman was there. It was a love connection meant to happen. Uh, you so know, he's I, there. I hate calling <laughs> her Frog Lady. But guys, this really is her name. Like she is Frogman. Yeah, yeah. And this dude, if yeah. you read anything about this episode, this guy's name is Frogman. Frog Frogman. Frogman. Yeah, and like that's cool. Like I could be on my resume. Like I praised Frog Lady in two episodes of Mandalorian, you know, like sure. Frog Lady. <laughs> you know. But now she could finally continue her line, you know, and they gotta make goo. So Mando is off to our another inn. I love how they always have all these little inns. Everything happens seems to happen at the bar. 
I love that he just went through all of this with the spiders, with the freaking New Republic soldiers landing a, just a hunk of metal, basically. Um, yeah. For just for a frogman to be like, Mandalorian, uh, check that bar over there and talk to that guy. Yeah. Like, bet, bet my life. I could bet my life. You know, I could trust her with my life. She got the information. He has the information. I don't have the information. That other guy may have the information. It's like, it's oh, no, man, go to nothing. that bar right there. That bar. Yeah. It, this is the worst fucking game of telephone we could ever play. And, <laughs> you it's know. Like the, it's and, like the most fucking <laughs> fetch quest game ever. Yeah. Like, whoever gave me that, that first NPC, I'm going to shoot him. Like, Dr. Mm. Mandible, oh, you asshole. <laughs> Bitch, I'm coming you back know? at 4 o'clock in the morning and waking you up. Right. <laughs> Talk about raid. So anyway, so now we're at the bar, and baby's hungry. Looking around, you know, so this is a cute scene, and it's kind of redeemable in a sense for Yobi. Um, you know, everybody was upset with him last episode because he was doing what babies do and eating. So here he is now. He's hungry. He's kind of making his googly noises in his little high chair. And Mendo's asking the bartender about, have you ever seen anybody who looks like me? And I thought it was great that he said that line too, because it's like, yeah, everybody looks like quarantine Moncala in here. And in a sense, you're trying to find somebody who looks like you in a world or in a galaxy that seems like it's so much full of humans. And he's the only one that's actually there in a sense, you know? But, um, so now the baby gets the chowder because he can't sit there, right? So the baby can eat, but if you're not eating, you can't sit here, is what the bartender told Mando. So he was like, I'll pay you an information. And what I liked is that he grabbed the Moncala um, currency that he got from, like, the first episode, uh, and he just, like, laid it down, like, here you go you know, for information. So, of course, now the bartender does, doesn't know where the Mandos are, but there's another guy <laughs> that uh, could go ahead. Yeah, always there's another guy. There's a guy to another guy. But this guy said he knew uh, where he could take him to uh, take Mandos meet other Mandalorians. But before that, what I thought was cute was that finally Baby Yoda gets his little... Uh, calamari porridge yeah, chowder, so gross. Chowder. Dude, it's chowder it's like this it's like dispensable chowder it's disgusting yeah it just looks like corn chowder just like thrown on like uh, uh just the noise out, that out of the hose you. yeah yeah it's how long has it been sitting in that hose can i say like was it freshly cooked and pushed down the hose we, we could go all day and he well, is apparently just disgusted. Li- He's disgusted with this. Well, well apparently they're living things living in this chowder yeah. too. Um, which is weird. So do Quarren eat Quarren calamari? Eat, eat, yeah. Eat, uh, yeah, I guess that's a age old question for their own planet, I guess. I mean, we saw like yeah. five different species or at least sizes of these squids throughout this episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but the squid attacks Yobi and, and again, helpless baby, right? No force, no nothing. I'm just a baby. 
And so he tells him to stop playing with his food. Jin tells him to stop playing with his food and stabs it. Back in the chowder and off we go. So he meets this corn shady dude, of course, who promises to take him to meet the Mandos if he just comes along with him. This guy do a now, little, little couple hour boat trip. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, our friendly quarries, right? So he wants to go ahead. So I'm, we're on the boat now, which is funny because they could all swim. So to see quarries in Moncala on land doing fishing things when you guys could swim, it's interesting to see how that evolved. But um, everybody wants to get near that. human, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bipedal. I digress. So off they go on their little boat ride to go meet the other Mandalorians. And he goes ahead and tells them about, uh, what was the thing that lives under their ship? That weird worm thing. That monster deal? I don't know what that thing was. Um, But they do, they kicked him. Oh, God. Yeah, so the corn was... Ever ever (laughs) since then, I've been like, fuck corn. (laughs) <laughs> oh okay i got it uh the thing's name is the mamacore mamacore okay yeah so the uh corn having fed the mamacore since that morning because she likes to eat and uh so they were going to feed her and baby yoda could go ahead and get to see the feeding uh baby yoda whatever and yeah they open up that that fishing hole because apparently everybody likes to keep living dangerous things on their ships. And this one just came up. Well, before even that, yeah, they totally kicked Yobi. <laughs> well, hit him with the uh, net or whatever. And I did not see that coming. Uh, I mean, I knew. Yeah, oh, God. But he was you quick. Animals. You animals. <laughs> And again, for all of you who hated him last week, how quick were you to sit there and gag when you saw Yobi floating over this open pit, a pit, ocean thing, whatever, this open part of the ship, and this worm monster, the Mamacore, comes up and just eats him. And all it is is just teeth in a cylinder. Mm -hmm. just comes up and, like, yanks him and brings him under the water. The good thing is um, he reacted quick and he saw that little uh, bassinet he's in, his little floater, uh, close up real quick and he was safe. Um, and Jen just went right in. Mando went right in and tried to save him. And it was interesting, again, that you have characters who could swim, stay on land and try to attack him in the water. I don't know. Okay, but what's interesting about that is so what we saw is that um, Jin's not so great in the water. I wouldn't be either with that freaking uh, as as awesome uh, as his armor armor is, and we've seen him fight in every walk of life as far as you know, snow, desert, mud, uh, freaking um, swamps. You know what I mean? We've everything. Mm -hmm. We've, We've seen him fighting everything. Not good water. Not not a strong water fighter. I don't even think they are in that armor. That's not suited for underwater adventures. And we saw that when um, Kafka Reeves, uh, mm-hmm. we'll get to her in a minute, when she jumped in to try to save Yobi. 
but yeah, not getting water, getting stabbed up, all because they wanted his best car. So it seems like these Quarren have done this before to other people to try to get the best car off of them because they knew exactly what it was and what they were going for. And uh, everybody but, wants this fucking best car. It's like he's just a walking, talking pot of gold. Well, if he's not, Yobi is, because Yobi still got the dongle going off for everybody who's hunting him. So the two of them are just two walking bullseyes in, a, <laughs> in our little dartboard of love over there. So <laughs> needless to say, how he gets out of it is that, well, the Quarren did actually take him to meet the other Mandalorians, just not in the way that they thought they were doing it. A little inadvertent, but they did. Yep, and three Mandos pop out of nowhere and save his ass. So at this point, again, it's kind of, for me, it's once I saw the helmet, I knew exactly who it was. And, like, my heart jumped. I was like, oh, my God, it's both the time. And, you know, uh, my partner, Sean, who's over here, he's like, who? What? And I'm like, mm-hmm. if you don't know, just be quiet. Like, shut up. Stop. And we're like, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I gotta see this. And it's sure enough, the terms are following. Yeah. <laughs> the errands. We'll tell you in a minute. Just be quiet. Uh, so she takes off her helmet, and it is Bo-Katan uh, Craze, which is Katie Sackoff, for those mm-hmm. uh, who know her. Battlestar Galactica. And she is the uh, voice of Pokemon. Yes, she is, which is great. Like, not only did you get her look down, but you got the actual voice actress that plays her in the Clone Wars and Rebels to I do her. Big looked a little shitty. <laughs> I mean, but you can get past that pretty quick, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to see with her age at all. So no, and a lot of forty-year-olds look like she does. Yeah. Um, this goes into this weird ages thing with Star Wars, where my thing with Obi Wan Kenobi at first, when you without context of the Clone Wars or anything before that that story arc, when you meet Obi Wan, you don't think of how old he is. You just think he's a wise old man that lives in the desert that's watching this kid. Mm-hmm. And then when you meet Obi-Wan, Clone Wars Obi-Wan, it's like, wait a second. Here we are. And I, you watch his age progression. It's really like five years between Clone Wars and, you know, Revenge of the Sith or whatever it is. And then it's not too far off after that when, um, you know, A New Hope comes. Well, it's like, know, like how 18 old? years or so for Luke to... Or, yeah, but how, how you was it really 16? So they were quick. 16 or 18, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, like, I guess the Arizona Sun, a.k.a. Tatooine, gets <laughs> to you because I have to say, you looked at... You, you really aged for what you were supposed to be. Or his diet and just went to shit on Tatooine. Like, that milk did not do a body good. And, <laughs> I mean, you could say that, and then it's just like, okay, wait. He, he could look older, I guess. Twin sons could do damage to your skin. But then when you get to Mark Hamill and, um, oh, God, you know, Leia, when you get to Luke and Leia over there, you know, Carrie Fisher, uh, it's like they age too in those movies. And it's like, how old are you making them look? They're not that old. Like, Mark Hamill is not that old. Carrie Fisher wasn't that old. Like, 
and you make them you make them look like the force is like draining their life. And then so it's refreshing that they were like, you know, Price was uh, like, I'm not doing that to Bo-Katan. You know, I'm going to age her, but she's going to look who, how old she's supposed to be. And then going from her story arc, she's in her 40s and she's in her 40s. So she looks like she's her. And I don't mind that <laughs> at all, actually. Not everybody has to be grandma and grandpa when they hit 40, 50. You know, I, and I know a lot of people that don't look like that in that age either. So. so with her, I think she does look a little bit younger than what her age should be. But that could just be that could just be explained just as much as, well, she wears armor for the most part. So probably stays out of the sun quite a bit. And she's a <laughs> warrior, so she's pretty fit. You know what I mean? She probably lives a pretty healthy lifestyle. So that would explain the five years that are maybe off, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the makeup does wonders if she's wearing any, but you know they are for the camera, obviously. So for uh, <laughs> um, foreshadowing and moving forward, I really wonder what Ahsoka's age is going to look like, if it's just going to be right around the same as Bo-Katan's. It shouldn't be. Um, Ahsoka was a little younger. A little But bit. then again... We don't know how they age, their their race ages. That species does to too. That's true. Yeah, because so they're different species. So who's to say? But we know what Rosario Dawson looks like. So we can only imagine from there, you know. Yeah, but, I think they'll I be mean, pretty relative, pretty close. Yeah, but anyway, getting back to these three. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, so you got yeah. So you got Costa Reeves. You got Ax. Oh, Costa. Uh, the so one you guys saying, know WWE? No, uh, no. You got me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Mercedes Varnado is her name. And then you got Axwell, Simon Cassianidis. Lord. It, um, <laughs> I, I, if I put you these days, I'm sorry. But yeah. Uh, so there's the other two that are with her. And if you watch the Clone Wars series and watch Rebels, you see them fight alongside her, so they're kind of like her go-to, uh, her go-to people uh, that roll with her, you could say. So it was pretty cool to kind of see them also in, in this after watching or rewatching uh, Rebels. Uh, I did the other day just to see like who who well, they were there too, and I said, oh, shit, they were. So that's pretty so, cool that um, she kept that level of detail. So you know. Mark, you, they- he pops up, he's getting his breath. You know, they saved Yobi. He goes over to talk, talks and talks to him. And what happens? What do they do? Um, well, basically, before we get to another NPC moment where in order for us to tell you about this, we have no, I'm to just saying, like with that. with their armor, what do they do? Oh, of course, they took off the helmet. And this kind of settles the whole pothole for that setup in season one, which I don't want to say pothole, it's like kind of give us mystery, you know, in a sense. And so they all three took off their helmets and he kind of was like, I mean, where'd you get that armor? Where'd you get your armor? Where'd you get it? Like, cause I was on Tatooine and I got the armor back. He didn't have it either. So who, where'd you get this armor from? And it's hers, you know, she's totally so, mad. Oh, you're one of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, you're a child of the watch, 
And for those who were involved in Clone Wars and Rebels, we know what that references, um, which is a fun, you know, which is really interesting that they went ahead and did that. And it kind of makes sense in a way that he is part of Death Watch or what the former Death Watch is. It could be The Watch now, um, which is a subsect of Mandalore or a, a sub, uh, subdivision, I guess, in a sense, that you want to say political division where they're purists and they want Mandalore to be returned to the old, uh, the old, old cult the old cult ways, the old warrior ways. They're, They're very cult warrior ways. I'm starting to learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, their history is interesting. You know, if, if you, you know, watching the show and how Death Watch uh, overthrew the pacifist government under Satine. So one uh, thing is, I'm seeing a common thread in Star Wars is the, the need of taking kids from other people basically and raising them as your own like the jedi do it um the freaking first order or the new order the new first order they do it with you know um their stormtroopers and shit and they have they all have it for different reasons but yeah it's like the mandalorians do that shit too well they saved him you know so i guess yeah i mean the it's kind of like it's kind of like if I'm, you know, um, if I'm Muslim and I adopt a child, you know, I'm going to raise them Muslim in a sense or however we do it here. Because you kind of want to uh, make sure that your culture lives on. And for them, it's a split, it's a dichotomy there because, you know, their culture is purist. And that of Satine, which Bo-Katan is her sister, uh, uh, was a pacifist. And, you know, they, she wants to bring Mandalore out of that old uh, uh, way of thinking and bring it into the future, because not everything could be settled by the fist. Um, it's weird in a sense, and, you know, I was reading, uh, I was reading a, a um, what do you call it, a theory, which I kind of am like starting to believe in now myself. Um, in season one, the founder, uh, the one dressed in gold, her helmet had little horns on it. And before you found out that Mando was a child of the Watch, Death Watch reported to uh, Darth Maul when he ruled over Mandalore, when he was the uh, drug kingpin, I guess you could say, of the uh, syndicates and stuff. So back then, when the Death Watch aligned themselves with Darth Maul, they had that idea too, that this is the way, the way is of the warrior. She mentions, when she mentions the Jedi, they're not the peaceful people that we know of or you think about, they're the gatekeepers, the guardians of, you know, the light, you know, mm-hmm. in Star Wars. She calls them sorcerers and evil, like, like evil sorcerers and stuff like that, which from a cis point of view, a Jedi is a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> So, and that, and when you look at her helmet, she has like the little spikes on it, which kind of could be referenced back to Darth Maul's spikes on his head. Uh, So I was, you know, I thought about it and I was like, wow, you know, I didn't think that they put that much detail into it, but they really do. And going along that theory, it makes sense. So our biggest protagonist in the end may not be Gideon at all. It could still be Death Watch if we stick along with how Mandal- the Mandalorian or Jin 
is now meeting people along and it's not, this is not the way, you know, um, and that's going to be. <laughs> I, I take so much from just this first encounter. I reflect back to the first season to where, um, you know, the, the blacksmith or what are the trader or what's that woman's name. Um, yeah. Uh, she, um, she's like, secrecy is our strength. You know, our uh-huh. strength is in secrecy. And then basically Bo-Katan in this episode is like, our strength is in numbers. Like, our strength is being out in the open, not secrecy. So they, they believe in two totally different oh, yeah. know, ways of ways of life and just ways of being. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. Then in this scene right here where she's like, blah, blah, blah is the way. And he just flies off mad. The first thing I thought was like, he was like up there thinking like, no, no, this is the way. <laughs> no, this is the way. I'm taking my toy and I'm going home. <laughs> this, no, no, this is the way. That's not the way. No, it's great. But, you know, in order for them to help each other, of course, here we are at another NPC moment. The quest is on, you know, and... I thought that this part, you know, they set it up as good. You know, they, they mentioned that uh, we we saw the inside from, like, or it looked like the inside when they were talking outside of the ship about what they were about to do harkens back to uh, the Millennium Falcon kind of scene when they're outside the ship repairing it and talking about what they're going to do. Um, but I'm, I guess I kind of skipped forward. But uh, Bo-Katan basically tells Jin, you know, if we're going to help each other out here, you know, you need to help me with the Imperials because the Imperials have weapons and we need to save Mandalore, you know, regardless of what it is, differences we have. Uh, we need to save Mandalore. And the only way to do that is to get back the item I need, I need and we need to get the weapons to do so. Um, everybody could allude to exactly what it is that she lost, which is the Black Saber in the hands of Moff Gideon. Uh <laughs> You know, so it takes some convincing because oh, Mando right can't that, join though, We them. got to see, sorry to interrupt you, but right before that, we got to see mm-hmm. the Mandalorians and the three Mandalorians, not with minus Jin. One thing with Jin, like his fighting wasn't awesome this episode. Um, it was no, really showing kind of watered how much, down. How, well, they were kind of, I think they were showing the difference between battle-hardened Mandalorians, you know, who were were raised as military types basically and Jen who's a bounty hunter he was raised to be a bounty hunter I think that's what they were oh, yeah. they were showing that off um but yeah they came back to they so first Jen flew off because he's like no this is the way and then he landed on the dock and then the sea squids faces the freaking Davy Jones's locker guy from Pirates of the Caribbean um, oh yeah corn <laughs> or corn whatever their name is the corn yeah they look like the freaking mind uh, flares from Baldur's Gate. Like they just suck. Squid, squid face. So squid face comes over. You killed my brother. Now I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Okay. And then we got a cool <laughs> scene with you know the three Mandalorians flying back in, whipping everybody's ass again. And then. And that was after they blew up the brother's ship. <laughs> yeah. And now yeah, they're yeah. talking about. Um, she's like, hey, yeah, you need to. We're gonna help each other, and I'm gonna send you to a Jedi first. You need to help me get these weapons. Yeah. So, 
and of course, we know her, um, Bo-Katan's story with the Jedi. Um, and for those that don't really, a quick recap, she met Kenobi after Satine was killed, after Darth Maul killed Satine. And she helped him escape uh, Mandalore for him to go back and to tell the council or the Senate that Mandalore needs the Republic's help. After that, we see Bo-Katan again, when she meets Ezra and Sabine, when Sabine goes back to Mandalore and um, brings back the Darksaber, which is the symbol of Mandalore. Uh, you know, the leader has it. Whoever rules over Mandalore has a Darksaber, which is why she's so desperate to get back the Darksaber from um, Moff Gideon. You know, so she's met Jedi along the way. And, you know, she's also, which is great because after they canceled the Clone Wars, they brought back and finally did another season with Disney to end the show properly. And that's when, you know, you meet Bo-Katan again and she meets Ahsoka. And um, we'll get to Ahsoka a little later because she does mention her. But um, Ahsoka was instrumental in capturing Darth Maul on Mandalore and finally ending his reign over it. Uh, which was great to see. And if you haven't seen it, Mike, I'm telling you, go watch. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I'm thinking of doing is um, (laughs) just going through the Clone Wars and maybe even just selecting out like the Mandalore episodes. Yeah, I will will join that right with you, buddy. I'm always down to watch some Clone Wars. So I I urge you to see that. At least that story arc is incredible. That that fight scene between her and... uh, Wall was great. But anyway, so now we're going to fast forward here. So now we're on the ship talking about the Empire. So, you know, the Empire's gone in a sense. They're Imperials now before they become the First Order. And they're collecting weapons on the dock, you know. And they're trying to convince him, well, if you want us to help you with your Yobi situation, you have to help us with our Mandalore situation. And Mandalore should take precedence because, hey, it's Mandalore. But true fashion, you know, as shit is, he has to return the child to one of his kind. So they just, he decides to help them and do the heist. So this is a heist episode, I guess. Um, but before we get to do the heist, we go back to the Frost people at the inn, which was great because... He's talking to Yobi like, you know what you did, so mind your man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be good. Be good. <laughs> be best. Be best. You know. You mind them. Um, They're in charge. You mind them. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like if you do have kids or when you were younger, your parents would tell you that before you go into like somebody's house. It's like, like mind your man. Don't ask for food. Just sit there. You know what you're doing. So. My anxiety went through the roof because here we are with the eggs and we're going to eat the damn eggs. And it was a cute little moment for a minute because obviously in between scenes, the frog people got it on, I guess, or he just (laughs) did his business in the vat. I don't know. So apparently the eggs aren't eggs anymore. They're now inseminated. And Yobi's watching because he's hungry. And one of them uh, hatched or opened? I don't yeah, know how you would hatched. say it for like a yeah. tadpole. Do they hatch? 
Yeah, it wasn't like a egg. shell. Yeah. I mean, sure. I don't know so if you'd say that in a human because they're eggs too. They probably don't really hatch. <laughs> right? Did we hatch or split um, off? I don't know. Chicken egg, weird uh, questions. Yeah, right. So anyway, he, the, the tadpole came out and Yobi's face lit up and it was adorable to see. And I'm just there thinking he's going to eat him. Yeah, so, it was really endearing. <laughs> like, because... Yeah. You know, we've labeled him this culprit of genocide, you know, this last episode, and are this I don't know why curator, curator of genocide this last episode, <laughs> and like, and yeah, I, I wouldn't call it genocide. I wouldn't either. She would have, but like, she would have to be like the last frog lady yes. in like the galaxy, you know, so. Um, but like, he, he gets it. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm not supposed to eat those. This is like, like totally life in these. Yeah, uh, it's just it's crazy. But anyway, for some reason, Bokatan got Jin to help her, and off they go to the uh, Imperial ship that's about to take off. And for Imperials that aren't in, and it's great because they're not in charge anymore, so they still got to yes. play by the rules of what's going on on that planet. So they could. Uh, you know, ships on ships in the uh, ship lane to go out into space have to go a certain speed and regulation and fly a certain way. So, so they're regulated. And even though you're the empire, the mighty empire, you still got to like follow the rules. So off they go, slow as hell uh, to take off. And I loved that scene, seeing that ship take off. And you see all the jet fuel burning behind the engine. And then all of a sudden, four mandos on their rocket pack are behind it and uh, just land on it. And it's just like, oh, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get on fast. <laughs> it's going to get ugly. And those stormtroopers were no match for They never them. are. They just never they are. Never were. Never were. And you could tell the inexperience that the pilots of the ship had when they were talking to their commander because everything was kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like, I don't, I don't know if you watch Futurama, but it's, it's kind of like the kid with the pimples, like, ah! or even like on the Simpsons. It's like every <laughs> message know? that they got, they're like, they've made it past the, the sector. Then the next message is, they've made it past, they made it past the, the next sector after that. The next it's message, like they, they keep progressing. <laughs> well, it was great. So the part where they finally make it up the elevator to the, to the weapons hold at the end of the ship. And they're like firing everything at them. He's like, "Yeah, close, you know, close the blast doors, close the blast doors, whatever." So it's like, "Yeah, we got them." You know, we trapped them now. And so they're talking to the uh, the bridge and to their yeah. commander, and it's you great. And it's like, "Yeah, yeah." And I'm like, "Well, where did you trap them? Oh, in the control room." It's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, you know? it's over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cargo door opens and all of them flew out. And that was it. And you know what's great about it though is that you hear them scream when we go back to the scene on the bridge and the two pilots are listening and all you hear is the screaming and them flying out of the holes. And then so he sits there, presses the button, and he's like, Are you still there? Like, you know, are you there? Come in, come in. And it's like, dude, you just heard them like Die. <laughs> so was yeah. it was it be, was it the scene before that where they were like at the crossfire and at like that standoff to where Jen like grabbed his little bombs and was like cover me and no 
Does no. the suicide deal? We're not there yet? Okay. Not there yet. So we're, we're coming up right now. So at this point, this is when Bo-Katan lets uh, uh, Jin know what the, what the gig is. We're not and desperate he's not about, happy about we're that. We're shit. Now, and again, these aren't, you know, this wasn't what we agreed to, which is so great that this is still going through from episode five uh, of Star Wars itself all the way into this right now. Like, you know, these weren't the terms of the deal. You know, you altered the deal, and we're still altering the deal, like, no matter what we do. So like she doesn't want the weapon. No, she wants the ship. So it's great. It's just great. Because if you want my help still, you got to do what I say. But here we are. We meet Moss Gideon again. He comes out on hologram and wants to know the status of the pirates. And um, he tells them what's going on. And, you know, so they already know who it is. Moss Gideon knows it's the Mandos. They're there. And once they've gotten to that point of the ship, you know what to do, right? Like, you gotta put that shit down. And you knew what that meant. That those two kids were toast. Like they had no you know, kill them and then put that shit down. And so that's the part where we got to where you got to see how badass that best car armor still is. And how, how horrible like, shot he's he's always got this death wish. <laughs> like he's just charging these guys and with in a hallway, you know what I mean? They're firing with upon them. They, they, hit him. they hit him, yeah, with thermal yeah. detonators. They hit him 50 times. But the best part is when he, right before he he moved forward, he looked at the man does and was like, cover me. And they looked at him like, it's a hallway, dude. Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, if you stand in front of me, I'm going to shoot you in the back. Yeah. yeah, what am I covering? But it was great because all of a sudden, all the stormtroopers had impeccable fucking aim. Yeah. Like, lasers shooting off of his armor, but not good enough that they got between the armor. Right? Because he doesn't have the best star everywhere. It's just plates. So, we can't shoot between the armor, but we're finally shooting you in the armor. Which is kind of like where, yeah, you guys should shoot normally when uh, any other people know, but okay. So, yeah, um... <laughs> He uh, threw the bombs at them. They blew up. Everybody moves forward, and Bo-Katan gets in there, and they all get in there to try to stop the ship from crashing into the seaport, which they did at last minute because, you know, suspense, natural Hollywood. Got obligatory pull-up at last second. You know, shot. And um, she asked, she asked the commander, like, hey, you know, you know where it is, you know where it is. Of course, we're talking about the dark saber. He says, Yeah, but I'm not gonna tell you. And you know, if you don't tell me, you know, you're gonna die. But she, he didn't care because he's more afraid of uh Gideon than he is of her. You know, it's like, well, if I tell you, he's gonna kill me anyway. So it don't matter. I'm already dead. So I'm gonna take this little electric pill or whatever it was and kill myself. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> hey effective you know um but she offers mando a great you know this is what he wanted right he wanted to meet more of his kind Mm -hmm. but it was his view of mandalorians was never that they could be any different so the you know to meet these mandalorians and then get offered an opportunity like let's go back to mandalore let's read mandalore 
and hello, you're Mandalorian, but still duty comes first, you know, you'll well, be happy. What he believes is he's like, no, Mandalore's haunted. If we go there, we're going to die. Yeah, well, because if you go along the theory that with Darth Maul and everything, of course it's haunted. You guys lost. <laughs> you know, you guys lost. It had to go into hiding because the other Mandalorians that retook it would punch you guys out. Like, come on, we're no longer with the Sith rocking with the Sith of the Empire. They're the enemy, you know? So um, he declines to go, and that's when he informs her about uh, going to Kaladin on Corvus to go meet a, a Jedi named Ahsoka Tano. And again, once her name was mentioned, I was like, oh my God. But I already know she, we're not going to see her to the last episode. You think last episode <laughs> or definitely skip an episode for sure? I don't think we'll see her next episode. And again, that goes to the way that they, they, they leave little tidbits here and there and then they hide them. So, like, in the first season when we met Quill in episode one, we, uh, uh, no, is it episode one? or Yeah, episode one, Quill hung out with us for two episodes, and then we didn't see him again until the final. And then we met Cara June in the third one, or fourth one, one of those two, and we didn't see her again until the final. So if we're introducing these characters the way they are, we're probably not going to see them towards the end, because we still haven't seen... I'm thinking yeah, we're going to see Boba before we see Ahsoka. That, exactly. Yeah, we haven't seen Boba yet. Uh, you know, so we might we might see them both in the same episode. Who knows? Um, that'll be too much overload for me <laughs> if they do. Um, but it may come down to Ahsoka facing off Moff Gideon with the saber. So we might we might actually get. I hope a lightsaber duel that's worth of note. Um, but that's okay. just speculation. So that's one question <laughs> I had for it, and you answered that. And I, I agree. I think we're going to get some filler episodes, kind of like some different directors are going to step in and have mm-hmm. some episodes that aren't connected to anything. And then I still do think that we got to get Boba before we get Ahsoka. Um, yeah. And then we're going to hook back up with Bo- Bo-Katan too. And I think I think by the end of the season, we are going to get that, that Darksaber, you know? Um, but before all of that, dude, so one, one question that I really have about all this, because it kind of changed my outlook on the whole situation of Yobi finding his people, because I've always thought of it as Yobi's people are like the Yoda species, and that's who, um, Mando, that's who Jin is taking him to, but what if they mean by your people is really like Jedi, like, like you, we need you to go find other force sensitive people to put him with, you know? And well, that's, that's how Bo-Katan took it, you know? That's like, how she took it. And but, uh, what was yeah. crazy is why wasn't Bo-Katan like, hey, I've met one of those before. Like, be careful. They will fuck you up. I'm not sure if Bo-Katan... See, the weird thing is that did Bo-Katan know of Yoda? Uh, well, because uh, maybe I'm thinking series... of Ahsoka, really. Maybe Ahsoka will be like, hey, Yoda... Those little things. Ahsoka would definitely know what what um, Yobi is. Uh, not so much as their species, because that's never really talked about ever. Uh, but she definitely would be like, I, I've seen one of you before. Um, I'm not sure if Bo-Katan ever saw what Yoda looked like. I know she talked with 
she's I mean, been she's in contact new, with Anakin. She's definitely a Jedi, so maybe not Yoda. No. I mean, she knew Anakin, she knew Obi-Wan, and she knew uh, uh, Ahsoka. Um, if she seen them on the Jedi Council when they did holograms, I don't know. Um, so that's the thing. That's why it's like, oh, it's not like I know. But she does know what the Jedi are. But they have two different views of it, you so know. So, what do you um, think the the main goal is? Do you think the main goal is like what I originally believed, and that um, Mando's trying to find Yobi his species, or do you think that we're actually just trying no. to find Jedi for so Yobi to be with, the, or force sensitive people the, for Yobi to be with? The blacksmith uh, kind of set that up for us at the end of season one where she told us to, uh, or the armor, or whatever she was, uh, she told him to do two things, either find his people or find the sorcerers, you know, that were called Jedi. So he has two different mandates there. He could either find his people, okay. which is his people, or he could find people like him, you know, that, are, that have those powers. So, you know... So he has kind of, he has two outs in a sense that he could do either or. Um, from what we know of Yoda, especially that he wants to think about to end his life, is that they might be swampish kind of dwelling creatures uh, because they eat frogs. You know, they are predators and stuff like that, but they're amphibious, you know, who it looks like or, you know, similar to that. So, you know, Lord knows if Dagobah was something, you know, to consider. <laughs> Or something like it, but where's the uh, the Wookies are from? It's Kashyyyk, right? That the Wookies are Kashyyyk. from. Yeah, Yoda Yoda was super popular there. Yeah, he helped them out before in a, in a different uh, scenario. But that so was also he was kind, kind of, of like a like, rainforesty, swampy kind of place. He might just kind of yeah, he might exactly, just kind of dig yeah. places like that, you know. Yeah, I mean where he could thrive. So. It's kind of along those lines, like, we haven't seen a lot of swamp planets, really, in Star Wars. It's mostly ice or desert, desert. or molten lava. Or uh, just one a city, of... a planet that's a whole city. Yeah, or a planet that's a whole city. I mean, the only foresty place we got was Endor. So, and then we got Kashyyyk and then Dagobah. But um, it wasn't swampy in a sense, but, you know, Kashyyyk was. But we don't know what the rest of Endor looked like. Uh, in a sense, but um, but yeah, back to the episode because we got we didn't get to the last part. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So yeah, after uh, Jin tells uh, oh the last part I forgot it's so funny it's the best part. yeah it's great yeah the best part so after all that he declines you know he gets the information about Ahsoka where she is he jumps off the ship you know, and just jets off back to the uh, little inn where frog people are and Yobi. And Yobi's playing with the baby in the bowl, you know, like kind of like splash, splash. And again, anxiety. <laughs> oh, he's going to pick you up and eat him. You're just going to eat him. Like, yeah, you know, like, okay, uh, Jim gets to the door, the door opens, everybody's attention is on Mando. Like, this is the perfect part to, like, first scene, little tadpole in the bowl. Second scene, leg in mouth, you know? It's just like, oh, God. Slurp. And he freaked out. Yeah, he freaked out when um, Mando was like, gotta go, kid. Yeah, he did. And he's like, no, just like, I'm playing. 
Yeah, play with my new friend. And Mando tells him I already have enough pets. You know, it's just like, oh, <laughs> poor thing. You know, and then we get to the ship and it looks oh like God. hell. It looks like a fucking now, ghost crab shack. It looks like a ghost crab remember, shack. Yeah, I don't remember uh, Mr. Krabs moving in to, uh, you know, <laughs> Mr. Krabs moving into the freaking Razor Crest. But then it looked like, you know, seaweed and whatever else you could find from the ocean was there to patch it up. And again, you didn't they put it together it. with fucking ropes and seaweed and coral. And it was like, I gave you a thousand credits, bro. Yeah, like, what did you do? And again, I didn't promise I was going to fix it. I promised it could fly. And it could fly barely. With and it was great. Strings. Like, it looked like one of fucking Da Vinci's. <laughs> drawings yeah it's know? just like dude like i could have done better with shoestring uh, and uh gum but yeah macgyvered the hell out of that ship it flew uh and then here we are with this weird starfish squiddy thing you know with again with the eyes under it you know it's climbing out of nowhere and then climbing up and looking at yobi yobi's looking up and as it goes to attack him he starts freaking out again no force so I wonder if they're doing that on purpose, where we're using less of the force with Yob just to get us, you know, humanized with him. I don't know. And you know, like it kind of brings up, like, is Jin force sensitive at all? Because he wasn't looking over there; he couldn't hear this thing or anything. But it just at the corner of it, not even the corner of his eye, it just reaches over, whack, and grabbed it. You know, and then Yobi eats it again after he killed it, suffocated it to death. And again, you know, he didn't even look. At the end, when the other calamari jumped out at him, he was screaming at his shadow bowl. Jin didn't even look over at him. It was like, eat your food and side, yeah, side uh, stab, and that was it. So, it'd be interesting to see if Jin is a little Force-sensitive, and the way that the movies were going, the last trilogy was going with Kathleen Kennedy, everybody, it was like Hogwarts. Everybody's a wizard, and I was just—that's what—that's what annoyed me with that movie. But anyway, so I, are we going I, off? What, what pissed me off was the the Highlander shit. That in the end there can only be one. You know that the last one standing would be the strongest. And I was like, oh, you guys, you stole this shit too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can do a separate pod and just shit. And on they that can just together. fucking Xerox. They can fucking Xerox lightsabers. They're you know telepathically to each other. It's horseshit. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I could take up another eight hours of that, so I'm not even going to touch that right now. But yeah, this was a this was a really good episode, and I think this really does want, make me want to um, go back and watch at least the Mandalorian. Um, episode i could definitely i could definitely curate which episodes there are but before um, if i was to take you into the mandalorian episodes i would have to start you off with the team before you even meet Bo. so uh, i think Katan. yeah what this episode did in particular is like i said but for you it probably was like oh my god yes 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 bo-katan oh her crew yes oh the shit that she's talking about oh man she's talking about fucking you know um Darth Maul and shit and like 
And I'm yeah. over there like, okay, so she's supposed to be the leader of Mandalore, and that's her dark saber, yeah. and she's from a different sect of Mandalorians than what he's from, and that of Civil War. I get it. Like, they did. Just... They did a really good job at uh, weaving in the stories this time and keeping it cohesive, which is great. And I wish that they continue. I want them to continue in their success and how they're doing it. Because this this within itself could just erase the last three movies for all I care. <laughs> you know, um, the last Jedi we could have kind of kept, but everything else after that, I, I wouldn't. You know, but that's just me <laughs> as a fan. So, any um, predictions? What do you think is going to happen next week? I think we're. I think Boba's going to be involved. I don't know if like that's going to be an episode of him, but I think it'll be he'll. We're going back to the desert. We haven't seen uh, Strangers with Candy for a while. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we haven't seen her for a while. You know, it's been a whole, at least a whole episode. Uh, True. Probably got to go tattooing, go to our favorite bar, mix it up a little bit before, you know, we go on our journey to probably got to go there and just get our ship fixed he's probably like you know what i know a good spot to just get this fucking thing fixed before we take it any anywhere else yeah and um i think a little boba i think some boba's happening some boba okay. a little bit yeah what about you yeah i mean uh we still haven't seen cara dune uh mm-hmm. yet uh so it may okay. be a trip back Mm-hmm. That's my biggest question for you. I might, well, not my biggest, one of them. Um, so you know that there was big issues that um, that the actor, I, his name is escaping me, the Mandalorian. Um, Pedro? To, yeah, Pedro Pascal. He wanted to start taking his mask off or his, his helmet off, right? And mm-hmm. uh, this became an issue on set. Do you think this episode is where that started? Or not where it started, but when it really came to light, like, hey, I'm taking off my shit. Like, he's, it's good for the character. He's starting to realize that maybe this is not the way. Is it good for the character or is it good for him? I mean, we have to separate Pedro the actor and Pedro's voice um, in a sense. I mean, you're playing a religious zealot, you know, Mm -hmm. in a sense. I mean, you yourself aren't in a sense, but you still are of a cult and it's not easy to break that. I mean, what Bo-Katan went through because Bo-Katan was part of Death Watch and she knows the ins and outs of, the, of how deep those, how corruptive those thoughts or ideals could be in opposition to what the team wanted, which is uh, pacifism and, and neutrality. And it's hard because, you know, your sister was ruling Mandalore as a pacifist, and here you are taking, uh, being part of a terrorist organization, in a sense, trying to restore Mandalore to what you personally believe mm-hmm. Mandalore should be. And that may not even be it, you know, and it takes on politics all on its own. So I, I really, I don't know, man, I really can't, I really can't say you know, I feel like he wanted to take it off so that it shows that it's still him and that he could get credit for it, yeah. which is as an actor. And when you do that crap, I understand you, know, you that. want people to know. 
You know, yeah. I understand that sentiment too, but that's Eric not what your character calls yeah. for. Yeah, and I just, I just wondered if this episode in particular is where probably it may have, a it lot may of have the turmoil really started to, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're four episodes in and he hasn't taken off his mask, you know, and the other one, by this time, he did, you know, um, I don't think he's taken off his mask either. Like The, the only time, time he's ever done it is in front of that droid. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, he did take off his mask at episode four of, you know, season one. But, but you didn't out. see it. You just saw the helmet. You just saw the helmet in the windowsill. Oh yeah, but he so, wasn't—he wasn't with anybody though. He can take it all. No, he no. can't be around a living organism. Yeah, so you knew what you signed up for. So I'm sorry that you're complaining now, um, but you could just be devoted to voice actor and don't have to do anything since it's Clint Eastwood's son, mostly doing all of the double work anyway. I just think be grateful that you're on a series that your name appears on a series that actually is doing Star Wars justice. You know, and keeping it alive, and it's your voice, and you know, you're making that character alive in a sense. It could be anybody, but they chose you, and you know, and, and you're making it now. I don't want to say that they could just recast you to recast you. Uh, they could, though. you know, <laughs> they I mean, could. They haven't really Disney. seen your face. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. It's Disney. They'll CGI that shit if they have to. There's some amazing <laughs> voice actors out there. Yeah. So. I mean, I want to leave it at that. I, my my prediction, you know, we may see Cara Dune. I, I know we do because of the trailer. It's just a matter of are we again doing another uh, situation where we need to get our heist together, and to do that, we need our crews. Do we go back and get her, you know, and everybody else together to go do the final thing against Darth um, Darth Gideon, Moss Gideon, you know, <laughs> to get the dark saber back. Um, I know it's probably not going to be a soak next week. I have a feeling it probably would be both. No. no, not that early. Again. Or maybe another filler episode. Uh, because he does have to get the Razor Crest fixed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where that's going to take us. Um, but it'll be interesting to see for sure. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. It'll be great no matter what. But guys, that does it for um, episode 11. Second season of The Mandalore. I am signing off. Michael Brevard Decker, aka Captain BD, and with me is uh, Mark Espinosa, aka Marco Polo, aka everything else on the side. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you. Oh, also, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to ring the bell and hit like and subscribe. Also, please come check out our Gamers Network group on Facebook. There, you can get into our Gamerish Network Discord and start playing some games with us. A lot of excite. It's a very exciting time right now with new gen stuff and a lot of good titles. Cyberpunk's right around the corner, guys. So, PCMR, yep. PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PlayStation Five. It's a good, all. It's a good time to be a gamer. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a real good time. Yep. But yep, signing off, guys. Thanks. Check out Gamerish Network. Um, we have fun. We're gamers. We're nerds. We're dorks. Yep. We get into fandoms just like Star Wars and things like this. So come check us out. Thanks for popping in tonight. Good night. Yep. Have a good night. <laughs>